Hello, and welcome to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. I'm Sarah. And I'm Melinda. And this is your favorite podcast about our stupid misadventures abroad. And, and other traveling. things. And daydreaming about travel and day drinking about travel. All the good stuff. Now that you've brought up day drinking about travel, I think we just need to do a whole episode about day drinking travel because it's a thing and it's fun. But that's After for another a while, day. It stops being fun. I don't know. Like the next day, it's not so fun. You just have to live in the moment. Duh. Right. And then after the moment's over, everything hurts and sucks. You need to be more centered and present. You know what? You're right. I need to follow my bliss. Follow your bliss <laughs> right to the alcohol. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but don't drive with it. You know? Yeah. Generally speaking. Don't drive and drive. Actually, not yeah. generally speaking. Just don't do it. Period. Yeah, you should know. I mean, we've we've had a fun, uh, this is why you don't drink and drive kids incident at work. Uh-oh. Nobody was hurt or anything. It was just, she crashed into an ice cream ice cooler at the fuel station i thought you were gonna say an ice cream truck because that somehow it's like the story was progressively getting sadder but the second you introduce an ice cream truck it gets a little bit happier again and then there's free ice cream for everybody but that's not no it was just it was just a, a a cooler for the ice yeah i'm fairly convinced that the reason they have such good public transit in europe is because there is so much drinking and they could not survive without it and why everything runs on time, or often. You know what? Normally I would say yes, but I've been – I've missed my tram for work every day for like the last two weeks because it's running off schedule by a few minutes, and it's driving me insane. Not that it matters because we have flexible hours anyway, but when you show up and the tram isn't there, it's, oh, you're supposed to be on time. So much for You're just German trying to make efficiency. sure that the drunks make it. You know, they're a little off on their time. The 9 a.m. tram riding drunks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Start early. They're following their bliss. Don't make fun. I, you know, I I can't judge. Follow your bliss. Just please don't smell like beer and sit next to me at 9 a.m. Or vomit on the train seat. Or on the bus to Wellington. That too. Anyways, we digress. Uh, you have a sort of new, 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 new news. New news story of the week. Uh, yeah, it's a couple weeks old now, but we kind of missed it the week that it was relevant. Um, so, whoops! A couple weeks ago, there was a flight leaving from London City Airport that was supposed to go to Dusseldorf. Instead, when they landed, the captain got on the intercom and said, Welcome to Edinburgh. And apparently, the passengers were not thrilled to be in another country. This is a joke, right? Yeah, well, every once in a while a pilot will come on the intercom, particularly on airlines like Southwest, where they think they're super funny. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to someplace that they're not supposed to be. And they think it's super funny. And it really never is. uh, You know, I think it's hard to tell. Are they joking? Or is that like an accident? Because I've been on a flight where they're, I was heading back to Seattle, but they were saying Las Vegas. <laughs> I think they were just getting mixed up from like whatever flight they've done before or anything. And it's like, no, no, I want to go home, not yeah. Vegas. And when the pilot never came back on the intercom and said, haha, just kidding, we're in Dusseldorf, somebody flagged down a flight attendant and said, um, excuse me, uh, are we really in Scotland? Because where am I? 
And so the flight attendant ran up to the pilot. The pilot came up on the intercom and goes, um, ladies and gentlemen, could you please put your hand in the air if you intended to fly to Germany today? <laughs> and every hand shot up. Oh, no. <laughs> this is not where vacation was. This is, I don't understand. <laughs> so um, they're, they're probably all panicking, thinking that they got on the wrong flight somehow. But how could an entire flight load of passengers go to the wrong place? Oops, I guess we all just went to the wrong plane. Dusseldorf, Edinburgh, it sounds the same. No. No, it doesn't. No. How do you how do you misdirect a flight like that though? Like like shouldn't like air traffic control like have like a schedule of who's supposed to be going where and when? One would think. And so I have a friend from work whose boyfriend is a pilot and he runs similar routes, obviously based in Europe, probably doing a lot of flights in and out of the UK. Um he what he suggested was that when a pilot gets onto the plane, this is while the passengers intend to go to a location, the pilots just kind of go. It's their job. It's not as if they have any particular plans to be in these locations, just where they're sent. And so he probably sat down, he and his co-pilot, and the paperwork on the dash said, this is where you're going. So this friend suggested that the paperwork had been swapped. Like maybe this was a gate that had a plane on either side of it and the paperwork had been swapped. By the time they realized that the first plane had gone to the wrong location, they fixed the paperwork for the second plane. So now we've got two planes heading to Edinburgh. I'm not certain how that works exactly, because I assume if they had realized somebody would have radioed them and been like, hey, dummy, you're going the wrong place. But yeah, so it's kind of a mystery. I don't know. But God, that's got to be a bad day at work. Like, if I have a bad day at work, Uh, I do a journal entry incorrectly, an invoice gets approved that shouldn't be approved, and I have to call with my hat in my hands and ask for the money back. If a pilot has a bad day at work, apparently 200 people end up in the wrong country. Those stakes are so much higher. (laughs) Maybe they didn't know their bliss was supposed to go to a different destination than originally booked. (laughs) The pilot just sat down and was like, you know what? Follow my bliss today, you guys. Let's go. Let's see where it takes really, us. I just really, really want some haggis right now. And I'm going to take 200 of my best friends with me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. We're all friends now. Let's go. Let's go take a dip in a lock. It just sounds so nice <laughs> in winter. Maybe see. Oh. <laughs> no, it does not sound nice anymore. <laughs> Excuse me, pilot. I'm out. My bliss is not yours. <laughs> my bliss wants some schnitzel. My bliss wants to be warmer. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Oh. that's the recent travel news. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's an adventure. I'm sure that's what everybody said. By everybody, I mean like Helen and Mary, because I bet they're on that flight. You know, we haven't introduced Helen and Mary yet, right? <laughs> this is a start. Helen and Mary, <laughs> they're traveling best friends, and they seem like super fun ladies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love like at least it wasn't so far away that the people were stuck there for a day. Like, You could turn around a flight from Edinburgh to Germany pretty quickly. You're just going to show up late. Yeah. But I I mean, it could have been worse. Can you imagine if they'd gotten on a flight thinking they were going to Germany but wound up in New York? God, that would suck. Surprise. Like after a certain point, you got to be like, why is this taking so long? (laughs) Why are we still on a plane flying? There should have been, yeah, that should have been like red flags sooner rather than later. But when it's a shorter trip like that, I can see how no one would necessarily notice. Yeah, and yeah. 
I I don't know. The whole thing just makes me laugh because out of all of the horrible things that could happen on a flight, that's one that you could not have predicted. Like weird stuff happens in the air all the time, but you never expect that your pilot's just going to go rogue and pick a new destination. And it's it's not that bad. No. Of all the things that could happen. That's not bad. That's not that bad. It's an inconvenience for sure. I'm sure they for got credit people. or something. Yeah. I just imagine if I were on that flight heading back to Dusseldorf and they were like, oops, we're in Scotland. I'd be like, sweet, extra vacation day. Just drop me <laughs> off here. You know what? I think I'm good. I'll stay here, guys. Yeah. It's fine. I'll just tell work something happened. Uh, anywho, do you have a in-flight cocktail for the week? Uh, yes and no. It's not a drink per se. <laughs> okay, so a couple weeks ago, we were talking about things you can do on a flight to make yourself more comfortable. And one of the things we talked about was not being the person who hogs the bathroom right before landing. And... During that, Melinda mentioned the new Listerine tabs. The ready that, tabs. Uh, in German, they are called Kautabletten. Chew tabs. Okay. I'm like, cow? <laughs> Not moo. Chomp, chomp, chomp. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that demonstration. I would have been lost. <laughs> did you like the hand gestures I also I, did? Yeah. For yeah. only you. For emphasis. I like it. It was good. Uh, yeah, no. So we, we both ended up being able to find the Listerine ready tabs. So we thought we'd give that a try, which sounds like a terrible cocktail idea. Oh, yeah. Don't mix this with anything, particularly well, orange juice. Oh, God. Well, the nice thing is, is that there's zero alcohol and it's sugar free. Yep. So they're just like little tablets about the size like of a like chiclet, a, but yeah. slightly thicker. Chiclet being those little square hard coated gum. gums. Yeah. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready to give this a go? I'm ready. Okay. Moose is coming to join us. There's 16 tablets. Uh, mine comes in a pack of eight. Oh. So yours is like like uh, half a size of mine. I'm holding it up for you to see. Like everybody else is going to see this, but that's not how that works. Yeah. She's totally Vanna Whiting it. I am. That's how you present things. Duh. All right. Okay. Ready? No. Wait. I have to pop one out. Oh. Um. Your how to to how to use. Is you chew to activate the tablet for ten seconds. Mm-hmm. You swish for whole mouth clean and whole mouth clean and fresh feel thirty seconds, and you swallow and go. Yeah, mine says on step two, um, swish for thirty seconds for a clean and fresh, fresh, fresh mouth feeling. Mmm, mouth feeling. That makes more sense to me. I don't know than mine. Okay, you got my tablet out. You got yours. Ready. All right, ten ten seconds chewing. Oh, this is weird. What are your thoughts? All right. Well, it's kind of hard to swish when it's a little chunky. And it was weird swallowing mouthwash, essentially. I didn't feel weird about it, but I wasn't going to last 30 seconds because I wanted it out of my mouth. I feel like I have like chunks of the talent stuck in my teeth. I I do I do feel minty fresh. Yes, I do too. So I had used these a couple days ago. I had a doctor's appointment. I didn't have time to brush before I went in. And I was like, mm. always brush. It wasn't going to happen. I It was too quick of a turnaround. But I was like, okay, I'm going to try one of these. And I walked in and he goes, oh, a little minty today, are we? <laughs> it's very. But that's a good thing. It that's is exactly very strong. what you're going for. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Listerine. Yeah. So is it worth it? I don't know. I don't remember what I paid. I think it was like three euros, maybe four. It was too much. For your one. I got twice as much 
Yeah. Shit, I have twice as much I have to do something with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't Um, hate it, but I wouldn't necessarily restock just so I had it because I think breath mints do essentially the same thing. I think it, I feel like this is going to last longer than just a mint. I didn't find that it lasted particularly long. Well, maybe if you didn't have the stinky lunch. Well, and that was the thing, is I had just had lunch with onions in it. Of course you did. Yeah. But I also wonder if maybe yours are made slightly differently, because European stuff tends to not be made exactly the same way as the American version. Well, there's definitely blue one lake. That's my last ingredient. Uh, My last ingredient is sucralose. Sugar. Sucrose, yeah. Susungsmittel. I guess if you're in a pinch, but it's not something... It's not something I necessarily want to repeat a whole bunch of times. No, and I guess if I can spend the same amount and get a container of like 50 breath mints, I'll just do that. And eat like 45 of them. Yeah. Yeah, okay, perfect. So give it a shot if you're curious. Maybe not for everybody. Yeah, no, it it was fine. I still feel like it's stuck in my teeth. You might not <laughs> chew very well. I did. I don't know. It's just, it's a little gritty feeling. I don't know. Little known fact, Melinda has only three teeth. Chewing is very difficult. That is so inaccurate. <laughs> that or I have like large teeth. You just have three very large teeth. You're like a beaver. I'm trying to, nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. All right. Now that we've had that fun um, trial and error thing. Uh, this week's episode, we are talking about travel fears. Yay! Who doesn't love talking about their fears? Well, I have like probably irrational fears. Well, I don't. I'm. <sighs> we all do. Well, yeah, yeah, no, but um, I am not a fan of the idea of going on a cruise because I'm pretty sure the only thing you get from a cruise is either going to be the norovirus or you're going to be murdered. You know what? I guess it and could this- become a murderer. The stats do back that up. Literally everyone who walks off a cruise has either been murdered or has the norovirus. Or is the murderer. No, well, like- no, 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 no. See, the people with the virus are the murderers. Oh, oh. See, that's how you got it 50-50. That's a crappy cruise for sure. <laughs> no, and I, know, I know your stats of being murdered are actually pretty low. It's not that common of occurrence, but... I don't know. I feel like cruise ships are like a common, like, this is where people like to go to kill. Well, and cruises are always in the news for something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like it's cropping up more and more, especially after the um, boat that capsized a couple years ago. Well, there was there was a cruise at the end of March this year that um, they had engine failure and they're out by Norway and they're just stuck. And there's these hard winds that were blowing and people had to be rescued off. Because they're just stuck floating around. And there's video of people like getting knocked around everywhere too. It's it's kind of terrifying. Here's the thing. So you can't possibly live through a Poseidon adventure type experience if you don't get on a boat. If you just don't get on that boat, you'll never be in a capsized boat. It's that simple. I don't want to be, but like, come on, engine failure? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I'm also not super keen on the idea of cruises. I get why people like them. But I, do I don't want to be a breaking news story. <laughs> like, um, one of, well, we also had, well, this is kind of old, but it's, it's coming up to be relevant again. But in 2017, it was a cruise from Seattle to Alaska, something that that's very common. But a man ended up killing his wife because, and this is in quotes, she wouldn't stop laughing at me. Fair. Yeah. But there's more to that. The best thing is, is that 
that night on their cruise, they're having a murder mystery themed dinner. So when he ended up murdering his wife, there was other passengers that saw the woman on the floor covered in blood. Ah. And they didn't realize, yeah, they didn't realize it was actually not a part of their evening theme and that she was actually killed. No. Nobody caught on. Yeah. Murder mysteries. See, that's terrifying. No. They're supposed to be fun. But nobody realized that she wasn't a part of the show until he was dragging her to the balcony. I don't like this story. <laughs> and this was 2017. He is now going to be starting a four-week trial in May of this year. Right to a speedy tri- t- trial, am I right? I don't know where the trial is going to be at, if it's going to be Alaska, because he mm. ended up being arrested when, you know, they, they I was going to say landed, but that's not quite right. <laughs> if your boat is landing, congratulations, you're now on another cruise newsbreaking story. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so yikes, yikes. And then um, last year, there was uh, another cruise where a woman ended up being choked by a man. And she plunged to her death. She fell into a lifeboat. Uh, and that's how they found her. Yeah. Cruises. Why are you so sketchy? But that's that's like my murder highlights for cruises. Like the one that really blows my mind is the murder mystery one. Yeah. Oh, I've got a great murder mystery story. Oh, man. Was there real murder in your murder mystery? No. So I, uh, I have this. You don't sound too sure. <laughs> well, I mean, never mind. So <laughs> this friend of mine has friends who did a murder mystery dinner out of a hotel in Seattle and it was like picture the like the average improv guy like 20 something white kind of awkward improv guy which basically describes all of them um they put together a murder <laughs> mystery dinner at this hotel and it was pretty successful and they got kind of cocky about it and like murder mystery things are kind of popular but theirs was doing really well so they expanded and did a group on and at least this is you know you've made it when there's a group on mm-hmm. it's the big times so um they did this group on and a group bought out an entire dinner and it didn't occur to anybody why having an entire group do it is a bad idea like <laughs> they know each other you can if you come as a group you walk in and you go we don't know you one two three four so the bad guy is one of you. Well, it was doubly so because the group who bought the group on was a black congregation who walked mm. in and never has it been more clear who was in which group. Uh, they just didn't uh. think that one through. They got too big for their pants and they're like, you know what? Ah, we're going to have a huge group and it's going to be amazing. We're going to rake in the big bucks. Oh, wait, it's over in 15 minutes. Good night. Yeah. All you have to do is, like, you don't even have to start. You just look around who's in your group and be like, yeah, it's the new guy. It's like when you're playing the game Guess Who and the other person asks, is your person wearing glasses? You're like, damn it, that rules out 90% That's of like the people. Of them. <laughs> they either have glasses or a hat. <laughs> oh, God. I just love that story because you're just like, oh, you really are dumb college kids. Congratulations. <laughs> it it could have gone so much better. You'd think. You'd think they would have thought that through. At least no one ended up with the norovirus. You know, that's the one good thing we can say about that group. That's true. Because uh, I got I got some norovirus fun things. Oh, and a recent thing, too. But um, uh, it just... have <sighs> Norovirus, it's it's no joke. 
In January, there was uh, Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Sea. It was only a seven-day cruise, and it had to come back early because people ended up with the norovirus. So on one day, they had 277 sick passengers and crew. The next day, it was almost 500 people sick. Yay! Cruises are just floating petri dishes. Yeah! And now one of the scary thing is, is that uh, nearby me, there was a Dave and Buster's that opened up, I think, last year. And they shut down for a few days because it's suspected that people got the norovirus from there. What are you guys doing to the arcade games? God! I, I have no idea. Like, basically an adult Chuck E. Cheese is contaminated like a cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, like, I don't want to go to anything public or cruises or... <laughs> Cruises are just so people-y. Yeah, that's another thing. I don't want to be stuck with a whole bunch of people that I can't stand. <laughs> that makes me sound awful. Well, uh, people are annoying. Let's be honest. Um, so I, if you had asked me four years ago if I would ever go on a cruise, I would have said no. But my company does a free weekend getaway every year. And two years ago, it was a cruise. And I, oh, I was so sad because I almost didn't go because... I'm not a big fan of large bodies of water and in particular being on them. And so they told us, hey, it's a cruise. And I went, oh, yay. So I went and I get really seasick. They'll tell you that you can't get seasick on modern cruise ships because they've got gyroscopes and you'll feel nothing. Yeah, that's bullshit. And that's just not true. alcohol to drown out all your seasick sorrows. Oh, yeah. Well, and our company does free open bar for all of their trips. 24-7, pretty much. Yikes. And what I didn't know is that I was really laying off the alcohol on this trip because I, I didn't want to, like, being drunk and being seasick was not going to go well together. But what I didn't know is that the medication I was on to keep me from being seasick also um, doesn't mix with alcohol. And one night I had two glasses of wine with dinner and I immediately spiked a fever. Like, I was sick Yikes. to the point where i wait, wait, like wait. are you sure it wasn't the norovirus i feel like there were probably diseases being transmitted on this trip but norovirus was not one of all them. right that's fair Ooh, ew yeah <laughs> ew. when they say no office romance well they just don't say that at my company <laughs> so um yeah so i that night we had a surprise performance from beth ditto which is absolutely incredible but I'm sitting there sick as a dog. My fever is starting to kick in. And I just want to watch the whole set. I want to hear it all because it's really good. But the boat starts swaying. And I realize I can't tell if the boat's swaying or I'm swaying. I was going to ask. Yeah. And, oh, God. I, it was awful. And I was so sad because I found out after I went back to bed, Beth Dito came out and was like gambling in the casinos with everyone. Oh. She was just hanging out and having a great time. Well, she's but, stuck on a yeah. boat. What else is she going to do? I missed that because I was in my room so, like, sweating so profusely and so overheated that I went out on our balcony and, like, curled up on a ball in a ball with my face on the floor because it was cold and I was so hot that it, oh, it was a little bit neutralizing. I was so miserable. It was so bad. Oh, so, cruises. If you... Get seasick, even though they tell you might you might not get seasick on a cruise ship, you might still get seasick, and then you might mix your medicine with alcohol and <laughs> make it a lot worse. It will all, yeah, it'll all go downhill from there. So, um, be careful with that, kids. Yeah. Well, my last cruise ship story—it's a little bit more lighthearted, 
but it's it's somebody well a couple couple ladies that also kind of had a miserable cruise it might have been a little bit more fun of like unlike yours until the end but um in 2016 there was two canadian ladies in their 20s and they ended up trying to smuggle 200 pounds worth of cocaine that's how that's worth that okay well i don't know what in today's money would be but it was 22 million dollars worth of cocaine 200 pounds how i I don't understand well it, it didn't go well because their flight went from canada to sydney and it hit up a lot of ports that are, you know, kind of notorious for having cocaine smuggling. So they were caught pretty quickly. But 200 pounds of cocaine. Here's what I don't understand. How do you conceal 200 pounds of cocaine? How do you carry that much with, like, actual clothing? I can just see them. You know when you go through security and you have a heavy bag and someone goes, <laughs> what are you doing? Smuggling bricks or bricks, carrying bricks? bricks? And just having them go, <laughs> yeah. How'd you know? How do you know? <laughs> I've got lots of shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of bag do you put that much Coke in? I, I, do you check it? Is that safe? I, well, I guess I think their, their, their crews left from Canada, so maybe they could... They didn't have to take a flight anywhere, but the fact that they were able to go on the cruise with that much, like, that much weight in their luggage, it blows my mind. Yeah, I I want to know what kind of bag they had, because <laughs> any bag that is strong enough to carry 200 pounds of something is pretty good. Excuse me, ladies, what was your packing technique to get 200 pounds of cocaine and Do you need clothes? packing cubes since they already come in bricks? How did you, like, yeah, just... How? I have questions. Well, I mean, clearly they weren't that great at it because they got busted, but, I mean, enough to get on the cruise and smuggle drugs. Because they I, weren't busted until mm. Sydney, and I think that's where their the end of the cruise was. Also, way to bust some Canadian stereotypes. I'm sure they were the most polite smugglers. Oh, I'm so sorry. Was I not allowed to bring- uh, You're sorry. Cocaine? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, that sorry wasn't that. approved luggage? Oh, <laughs> Oh, my mistake. I do that a lot. <laughs> I know. Every time someone's like, oh, saying Ope is so, miswet- so Midwestern, I go, oh, was I not supposed to say that my whole life? <laughs> Oops. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's end my travel fears of like bad things are going to happen to you on a cruise with uh Like getting caught with cocaine. Which I shouldn't be. I'm not smuggling cocaine because I'm also not going on a cruise too. But I'm also not smuggling cocaine at any point. So here's the fun thing about you being afraid of cruises and laying it all out so eloquently is that my parents are leaving on a cruise in the next 24 hours. They're going to be fine. It's going to be great. Don't worry. Nothing bad happens on a cruise. No norovirus. That's just made up. No murders. Well, my mom has been texting me. Actually, both my parents have been texting me. Oh, your mother wants me to pack this way. Your father keeps unpacking everything. Like I think neither one will murder each other. But I wouldn't surprise if they step off the boat and go, we're leaving each other. <laughs> Such an optimist. Wow. They don't travel well together, and yet they continue to attempt to do it. It would be like if you traveled exclusively with your sister. You have two very, very different packing styles and way of doing things. Oh, my. That if you did that for the next 45 years. Oh, my. <laughs> something would happen. Ah, uh, Yikes. Especially if we ended up on a cruise. One of you would be going overboard. With a murder mystery themed dinner and um, 200 pounds of cocaine. Well, here's the trick. You give her some Dramamine. Well, no, it wouldn't work on your sister because she doesn't drink. Nope. 
Nope. Maybe some Benadryl. Bummer. That means you're going overboard. Oh, no. Definitely not happening then. That is completely out of the question now. I don't think it was ever in the question. Nope. All you get is the norovirus or murdered. Aren't you glad we travel well together? (laughs) Thanks for not murdering me yet. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. There's always tomorrow. Uh, nope. Not today, Satan. Not today. Aw. You think I'm Satan? That's so generous. <laughs> How neither one of us has burned while stepping into, like, holy places of worship is beyond me. They let Someday. me into the Vatican, too, so that's saying something. Maybe that just proves that the Pope is not officially a direct line to God. Because I feel like if any church was going to set you on fire, it would be that one. They have deep roots. <sighs> Yeah. Anywho's. We're getting off topic a lot. Uh, What are all of your travel fears, Sarah? Share your sorrows. <laughs> should I feel like I should be on a fainting couch and you should be taking notes. And how does that make you feel? Have you always had these feelings for your mother? <laughs> That's what Freud does. Everything is somehow related to the mother. Uh, you know, <laughs> it kind of makes sense. What were, we, what were we saying about getting off topic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This sounds exactly right. Exactly right. <sighs> Okay, so I have two primary fears when I travel, and it's none of my fears are related to the destination at all. Like the transportation specifically? Yeah, I'm not concerned about like, oh, there'll be a language barrier. Oh, I'll get lost. I'm always afraid of things that I'm going to screw up myself. Mm, As you should. Like, so going through security and somehow accidentally ticking off a a TSA agent, they have so much power. And so that what we touched on in another episode was um, how I dress in order to get through security as easily as possible. But with that comes like being super friendly to them, but not being too friendly because if you're too friendly, that looks that's that looks like you're smuggling two hundred pounds of cocaine. <laughs> what my carry on's too heavy by two hundred pounds? How I have to go to the bathroom with my suitcase. Don't follow me while I unpack. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Have you watched Killing Eve at all? No, I have not. You should. In the first episode of season two, she's in security at uh, the Eurostar station in Paris. And she's about to go through the metal detector and she realizes she has a blood-covered knife in her pocket. Totally normal. Yeah. And then she has to back out of security gracefully. Which I feel like if you're almost there and you're starting to look panic and you leave the line, something's up. Yeah. Well, this character, and I won't say which one it is because- Gives it all- Spoiler alert. But um, she comes back and she goes, look, I, I ate about a bad oyster. Ooh. I just I just had to go. Ooh. But um yeah, it's a good show. You should check it out. But so yeah, my tactic is just being very friendly but not overly friendly and just complying with everything. Anticipate what they're going to say before they say it so you can get through without arousing any panic because somehow I always do something stupid, and then I get extra attention. And extra attention is never fun from the TSA agents. No, because you're, you're going to make them think that you have something that you shouldn't. Yeah, and part of that means that you have to be aware of what that airport's rules are before you get there. So if you're passing- Or when you get there, start reading all your security line, uh-huh. you know, billboard things, just to make sure that you are compliant. Yeah, exactly. So in London, that means having your liquids bag out and ready and in the right bag. Because if you have, a, like, a non-disposable bag, if you have, like, a zippy thing, they will yell at you. 
they love yelling at people there. So just Which is, that was kind of an eye opener. I mean, I always use Ziploc bags just because that's what I got on hand. But I've thought about purchasing one of the reusable ones, the durable ones that are all supposedly TSA approved. But it's like, oh, wait, that wouldn't have that would have been a big no no at that airport. Yeah, like I will use a reusable. I mean, they're all reusable, but I'll use yeah. like a nicer like vinyl bag when I'm traveling elsewhere. But if you pass through the UK and you aren't anticipating what their rules are, you can be caught off guard pretty easily. So just before you go, Google it. There's always people on various forums saying, hey, I went through this airport and can you believe they had this rule? And that was... Was that Heathrow that had that, where there was very strict on the bag for your liquids? It is all of England. It's all Scotland of them. Okay. Is more Scotland's a little bit more relaxed. We didn't pass through Wales or Northern Ireland, so I can't speak for those. But definitely in England, they are very, very serious about it. But the, some of them get really excited if they have a chocolate frog in your bag or soap from Lush. <laughs> yeah, but if you get the one who's having a bad day, which is most of them and on most days, good luck. So yeah, that's my first big fear. My second big fear is losing my passport. It has never happened. I once left my passport in my parents' car because they were bickering about something. They really do like each other. I'm just <laughs> happening to pull up stories where they don't wow. aren't particularly getting along. And so I just bolted out of the car when we got to the airport. I was like, okay, bye. And in my this rush has been fun. In my rush to get out, I had left my passport on the seat. And it had kind of been one of those mornings where if I'm leaving for the airport from my house, it's okay because like I have time to think through my system and do my mental checks. But when I'm leaving from somebody else's place, it's like I there's too many people interfering. It's like I'm trying to run through my checklist and someone shouts, hey, did you get this? Like, oh, you forgot that. I will get to it. Just let me think through everything. <laughs> there's like, an I order. Have a process. I know how to get myself ready. But when there's other people rushing around, it all goes out the window. And so that morning had been a lot of, oh, go grab this. And oh, can you run this out to the trash really quickly? No, let me think. <laughs> And so I left my passport on the seat of my parents' car and they came back and it was fine. I got everything. But that's my biggest fear is that I need the mental space to make a list and to have a system. And if I don't have that, things can go awry, which is why since a couple years now, I have like I have a really distinct system for myself. My keys belong in this pocket in my bag. My my passport gets zipped into this pocket. Everything has a place. And if I don't follow that. It, it it just confuses me too much. Like I, <laughs> it's it is. chaos. And it's like subway tickets. When I lived in LA, I had a card. That card lived in my wallet. I never had to take it out. No big deal. But when you go to a new city and it's like one where you have to get a new ticket every single time you step foot on a train, suddenly you've got a stack of tickets and you just start shoving them in places. And that's when you get to the turnstile on the other end of your destination and you don't know which ticket to use or you can't find it. So I just, over time, I have developed my system of where everything belongs and I do not let anyone rush me. So if there's people backed up behind me, tough, I'm going to put my ticket in the exact spot where I want it to be so that it is always there when I look for it. And that's kind of hard for me. Like I'm a person who does not like to feel pressure. I don't want there to be a line of people behind me. I don't want 
to feel like I'm the one holding everyone up. But I, it happens. it happens. And having a person wait for me for two seconds while I put my ticket in the exact right pocket is better than getting to the other side, putting your looking for your ticket to put it back in the turnstile so you can exit and not being able to find it. So Well, and then you and I have also started a habit of telling each other, okay, well, I have this train ticket and I'm putting it in my front right pocket. So then you kind of have somebody else that can be like, okay, we talked about this. Yeah. Where about did Having I put this? Having a witness this? definitely helps. It's like when you park your car in a big parking garage and you take a picture of your parking spot. You just need to have a system and you need to do it consistently. Not that I know anything about parking a car yeah. in a large parking garage because I've never parked a car, but the point stands. You get lost in parking garages sometimes trying to find your car because it's like, oh crap, yeah, where were so we? Knowing how difficult it is to replace a passport or like just the stress and heartache that that would entail, that's sort of where the system developed from because I need to know. That makes me sound like I'm really anal rich but like having an these are important things you can't just toss them around because the slightest bit of damage or you know anything that could stop you from being able to go on your trip yeah and that consistency is what eliminates a little bit of stress at the airport or going to the airport when you have that moment of did i remember my passport yes because it is living in the spot where it always lives it takes a two-second pat to go yeah yep i put it where it belongs Mm -hmm. everything's where it should be we're solid yeah no i i definitely think that's a good thing just it's a good organization system for really important things that should not ever go missing when you have a system it eliminates a lot like it, it just takes the pressure down a little bit and maybe that is weird for most people that you just don't need that but that losing stuff is the source of the majority of my anxiety when i travel and so eliminating that makes trips much more enjoyable well especially since sometimes you've had an odd an odd train or an odd flight so you're coming in Mm -hmm. and going at weird times of the day that you're not used to and you're in a different time zone that you know having these set rules for yourself to stay organized i think that's important because we we went to germany for a concert it was just a day trip but coming back i think we were just so exhausted from everything that we had a hard time trying to figure out, okay, well, where did we put our money for this mm-hmm. to get our stuff out of the locker? And it was just like, a te- it was probably like five minutes of just kind of yeah. panic because we kept losing stuff that we literally just had because no organization, just yeah, tired. And now that it's so ingrained in me, like everything, everything has its own pocket. And the more ingrained in me it is, like the more that stuff goes away. And I think my, the next addition yeah. I need to add to this system of mine is putting my change in a coin purse (laughs) because I don't know how many times I've finished a trip and been like I think I've used up all my money and then I empty out my purse I'm like I've got 80 euros how did this happen (laughs) (laughs) it's like when we were we went this this last trip we went on we went from Korea to Japan and you kept trying to hand everybody a coin from Korea they both have one coin that's silver and has a hole in the middle and I, is that the one? It was the one with the guy on it. That's no, it was right. the one with the guy. It was the like, one with the guy. That guy sure looks like, Korean. No, guy. And yet I still tried to give it to everyone. <laughs> and they kept and they kept looking at you like, no, what are you doing? Is this a joke? Are you trying to pay for it with this? At the airport, I ended up putting like 20 some euros in one of those donation bins. Not euros, pounds. Because I just had so many individual pound coins. Yeah. Should have bought more candy. Probably true. But there was no way to fit it in our bags. <laughs> Not at that point. Not on that trip either. Because yeah. we had so much stuff from Boots in there. Oh, I love Boots. <laughs> I miss that store. So yeah, 
But yeah, organization system. Yeah. Once that's no longer on your mind, you're free up to think of other things, which is nice. That's true. Yeah. Because then instead of like panicking, where is it? It's a few second check. You're good. Yep. Continue on. You pat your bag. You're reassured. Done. Yeah. I like it. I like it lots. So I think that's like our our big travel fears covered well. Yeah. We have slightly different fears, but... <laughs> The chances of mine happening are very slim, because clearly I don't want to go on a cruise, but the chances of yours happening are are very realistic. What are you trying to say? That yours were more legitimate than mine? That I'm going to lose my passport? No, 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 just in general. <laughs> it's it's just, uh, it's, it's way more logical. That's why we complement each other. You're left yes. brain, I'm right brain. Yes. Um, I think next week we want to talk about uh, travel safeties. Yeah, and some of the bad safety decisions we have made. Or we've read uh, from stories from other people and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And probably talk about our our polite China kidnapping story, finally. Do we want to do that now that we know both of our mothers are listening? (laughs) I don't. Well, my mom told me that she wants to hear it. She's excited to hear the story. And I'm like, are you? I've kind of told my mom this story, but I framed it very differently. (laughs) Well, the good news is, is clearly we're both here. We survived. Nothing bad happened. And we got free food. Yeah. Hamburger. Hamburger. No money. Uh Yeah. So, so let's. Well, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So um, let's wrap up with our travel trips, travel tips of the week. Travel and tips. And I totally got a new one. <laughs> I got this. Like legitimately. Um, my travel tip for the week is that if you're looking at a bag online, double check the dimensions. Maybe get out that tape measure and pull it out so you actually see how big it is. Because if your bag is big enough to fit a toddler or your 200 pounds of cocaine. It's probably going to be too big as a day bag if that's what you're going for. Like, that's going to be miserable to haul around and you're just going to be bulky and probably not allowed into certain places because your bag's too big. Yeah. And with that, make sure you know what the dimensions are that are allowed. Yes. Look it up. Look up your dimensions. Make sure you're seeing is this like interior or exterior dimensions. You're stealing my point. (laughs) I was trying to segue. That was bad. I'm sorry. What's your tip, Sarah? Is it to put everything in the washing machine when you get home? My tip is punch your best friend. (laughs) Uh, So my tip, which Melinda has kind of already said, is when you are shopping for bags. Sorry, the dog is just going bonkers. When you're searching for bags, um, a lot of times they'll say in the description, like 20 inch international carry-on. Don't go just based on that. Even if they say compliant with most airlines. Do not trust them. Scroll down and oftentimes in the descriptions or the specs or whatever, you'll see interior dimensions, 20 inches by whatever inches by whatever inches. And then down below, it'll say exterior dimensions. That is the one you need to look at because that one is what the airline is measuring. The airline does not care what the interior dimensions of your bag are. They want to know the full size, including the wheels. And the interior dimensions never include that. If your bag is the right size, except for the wheels, it's not the right size. So, um, and I know that this comes up because my mom recently bought a carry-on that said it was 20 inches. And I looked it up for her. I was like, mom, that thing's 22. That's not going to fit in any sizer. And luckily, I don't think, they don't always put your bag in a sizer. But if 
you get the one time they do, all it takes is one time that that your bag has to be checked for you. And a checked bag is not cheap. So if you're really concerned about not checking bags and making sure that you pay the least amount possible, check those exterior dimensions and make sure that you're not being sold something that isn't quite true. And you only kind of get a free check bag if that's a part of like the airline's booking thing or if it if it ends up being a fuller flight than they anticipated and then they'll let you check your bag for free at the gate if you're a volunteer i think if they volunteer you it's getting checked i don't know if you have to pay or not because i try to avoid those situations because i only have a backpack and it will get annihilated yeah so just make sure you check it because if you trust them and the bag shows up to the wrong size but you don't know it yet and you show up at the airport that's a really expensive mistake you you're not going to be happy yeah and you know and the flight crew member that you're arguing with where they have to tell you that they did not pick the aircraft for today they're just at a certain point they're just going to be done with you yeah so that's our tip be really careful with your baggage sizing because it can very easily go wrong it can it can yeah i think that's it for uh all of this week's episode yep so come back next week yeah And if your flight ends up in the wrong country, just remember that it's an adventure. And Scotland's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho's. Bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at C to unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O unknown. Or you can jump right onto our website, www.c2unknown.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at S-A-R underscore S. And Melinda is on both as at Hooligan Monster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye.